There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. Thank you so much for checking out another episode, or if this is your first episode with us, thank you so much for checking this out and uh, hope you enjoy it. I am your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with another week full of uh, just bullshitting about music, punk and alternative, and everything in between. And, uh, you know, I want to thank last week's guest, uh, Christian and Josh, for coming on. You know, that was uh, Christian's second time here on the show, Josh's first, and uh, it was very rad to talk to them both. I, uh, I just can't thank them enough, you know, the people from that uh, New Jersey pop punk scene, you know, late 90s, early 2000s for really like being very, very cool to me. And uh, there's actually some I won't I won't uh, say anything too much. I'll just tease. I'll tease a little here. But uh, I was actually asked to uh, do something here, which, uh, once again, I also won't say too much because I look like an idiot if uh, something falls through. But I was asked to do something kind of uh, related with uh, that scene and uh, everything. Not Jersey Interchange, but uh, something kind of around the New Jersey pop punk scene. And uh, hopefully it goes through. I would I would really love to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, just like I was saying, just very cool to be, uh, you know, kind of accepted by those guys. You know, I, I uh, was not there. You know, a lot of them, uh, I mean, are like, you know, probably got 15 years on me at least. And, uh, you know, just very, very cool, you know, and welcoming and, uh, you know, kind of tell you about the scene and what they saw and everything. And I appreciate that. You know, I love that. That's why I have a lot of those, uh, a lot of people who came from that and a lot of other scenes too. You're not just, not just, uh, you know, New Jersey, but you know, there's certain like specific scenes that I look back on, uh, with fascination and that being one of them, you know, uh, Josh actually said something and uh, I think, yeah, it was for Right Turn Eddie, his uh, old man. But he was talking about, like, at one point how they had, like, three shows a night. And it's, like, that right there is why, like, that scene is so special. Like, you don't – there's so many places, you know. You may be in one of them right now, which sucks. But, you know, you – there's so many local scenes where if you told that to a man, they'd be like, we can't get three shows a month. Like, you got that on a Saturday night. Like, we, we're lucky if we get that you know, in three months, like we're lucky to get a show a month. So, you know, I, I, the, the support there that was shown, like the love and support is just something that, uh, I think was very special to that scene and everything. But, uh, you know, just wanted to thank them again for uh, coming on last week. If you haven't heard it, our November rundown talking about all the new music in November, and we even premiered a song there, uh, New Jersey Interchange cover of uh, Casanova Baby by the Gaslight Anthem. And uh, I'm not really a big Gaslight Anthem fan, but I, I do like that song. I will say that, like, my extent of Gaslight Anthem, like, how much I like them, I like, like, the first half, I'd say, of the 59 sound. There's, like, one or two songs I don't like, but most of the first half I I, uh, I like. And nothing against them. Like, I, I think they're talented. It's just not up my alley. You know, it's just of, of all the bands who have kind of clicked and connected with me, you know, I don't I don't know that they're like the number one. But I really like that song. I really like the cover that uh, Jersey Interchange did and everything. So that was very cool. And another big thank you goes out to uh, Free Lunch Coffee, who is supporting this episode of the podcast. Can't thank them enough. And uh, Free Lunch Coffee is on a mission to end hunger in the lives of young children. So, you know, very cool. I mean, you get your coffee, which I don't know if you're like me. I love coffee. And, uh, you know, while doing so, it's for a great cause. So, you know, when you buy just one bag of free lunch coffee, 
you are providing 10 meals to children in need and free lunch coffee gives away 50% of the money they make to end hunger in the lives of young children. I mean, so they really mean it. You know, when they say that, it, it's not like, you know, we're, we're giving like pennies on the dollar towards something like this is this is actually legit. Like you're you are helping multiple children with multiple meals. And, you know, I mean, free lunch coffee puts their puts their money where their mouth is. You know, like like I'm someone who drinks coffee out a lot, which I was not a big coffee drinker until a few years ago. But, uh, you know, with everything now being home more, I definitely am looking for uh, better home coffees, you know, being being so new to the game of, uh, you know, just checking out different coffees. Whereas before I'm just like, you know, there's like one or two places I would drink coffee from. But, uh, you know, you want something like this. You want something like free lunch coffee that is, you know, a, a good coffee to make at home, you know, goes to a great cause. And we got Christmas coming up too. You know, this is a great Christmas gift. It's about the spirit of giving. And you're not just buying outfits for your loved ones. You're also helping to end child hunger. So, you know, just very, very rad. And also very cool. Free lunch coffee is offering 100% money back guarantee for 30 days. So check out this coffee. If you do not like it, they're going to give you a full refund. You even get to keep the coffee. So, you know, once again, money where their mouth is. This is good coffee or your money back. And, you know, they're they're putting their money towards a very good cause. So check it out. And free lunch coffee is offering 10% discount to uh, our listeners here on the Power Court Hour podcast, which is very rad of them. So go check out this great new coffee. Get a 10% discount. Use code Anthony. Go use my name on there. Uh, use code Anthony, 10% off at freelunchcoffee.com. And once again, I want to thank them very much for supporting this week's episode of the Power Court Hour. We're going to get into the show now. In this episode, you know, I was, I was thinking about what to talk about this week. And uh, right now, I, I've been doing eBay like the last 10 years, I would say. I started in like 2010. I was probably... Yeah, because I was like 17. So like 10 years ago, I really started doing eBay and uh, just on and off. Like I just sell things throughout the years, basically like whenever I need cash, you know, like any, like everyone else probably listening to this. Like, you know, you use eBay whenever you need some extra cash and it is the holiday season. So you know that I'm uh, listing stiff stuff right now and uh, I am a power seller. I mean, not only am I a podcaster, but I am an eBay power seller, folks. So I'm not fucking around here. And uh, one thing I am selling. Selling uh, lately is some of my vinyl collection. You know, for a very long time, really didn't sell much. And, and I will make clear, like I am not a flipper. Uh, I'm the furthest thing from it. I, I have a. I happen to be very lucky that uh, I was buying vinyl definitely during a time where I think less people gave a shit about it. And I could buy it cheap and, you know, some of it being very collectible. And uh, yeah, so I, I've been listening some stuff lately, you know, for the holidays. And it is insane what people pay for records sometimes. And, and that's kind of my thing. Like, I never buy records with intentions to sell them. But, I mean, there are a couple where I just got to be honest. I've sold a few records and made, like, a few hundred dollar profit. And it's like, I don't think I love any record enough to not sell it if you're going to give me that much money. Like, I, I, I guess I just I sell out very quickly. You know, like, I don't know if someone walked in here right now, I guess, and uh, said the power cord hour is now the the polka hour or uh, I, I think me and Greg Eklund talked about that when he, when he was on about doing the polka hour. You know, if someone came in here right now with enough money in the studio, just barged in right now. You hear the door, you know, get kicked in and they're they just put a suitcase in front of me. And it's like this is no longer the power cord hour. This is now the polka hour. I'd be I'd be like, yes, like I. I'll send Paul Westerberg down the river like it, it, it's over like uh, I don't know who the replacements are I don't know what pop punk is I don't know what any of this shit is um, your boy's all about poking now 
And uh, and so I, so I don't know. There, I just gotta like like it's crazy what some people will pay for records, and I appreciate it. Like like more power to you, you know. But uh, I and I've paid. Like don't get me wrong. I, I guess I'm more volume though. Like like make no mistake. I've spent probably. I want to say hundreds, but let's be honest here. I've probably spent thousands, you know, uh, that I didn't have uh, when I because I was mostly buying records as a as a college student. So you know, spending a lot of money that I probably didn't have on records. And I mean, throughout the years, I, I've dropped you know thousands of dollars that I shouldn't have on music. But uh, you know, I, it, I, I've done it more in volume, I think, because I have a very hefty collection, and I used to know what I had. Uh, R.I.P. Dead format, like. I will never take the time again to go like some people are really good with their collection. Like they have things alphabetized. They know it's in there. And there was a time where I was a little better at that. And I've gotten now it's not so much that I don't know what's in my collection. Like for the most part, I do every now and then I'll ha- I will have to stop for a second. And go like, did I sell that or do I still have it? But, uh, you know, like overall, I'm pretty good with uh, knowing what's in my collection. But I, I don't think I could ever take the time that I took to do my dead format profile. Uh, if you don't know what Dead Format is, it's been gone now a couple of years, but it used to be a place where uh, you just basically posted your collection, like what your entire record collection was. You, I want to say there was a want list on there. You'd have your want list. You could trade. Yeah, because there was, because you could trade with people. And there was a marketplace. Um, I definitely bought some stuff a few times on there. I think I even bought a few test presses. And uh, th- that was a big one, but even more than Dead Format for buying records, I used to buy them on Absolute Punk a lot. Now, now Chorus FM. But uh, my old ass was buying them on uh, when it was still AbsolutePunk.com back in my day. And uh, I bought some really, honestly, some records that probably, again, like I'm talking about, like at the time, no one really, there just wasn't a market for. And uh, like now, I mean, it, it's insane what they, what they sell for. Like, you know, I, I think, and I thought the vinyl craze was dying down. But I think, I mean, I do think it's leveled out a little. Like I think the era of like, Going into guitar, which I mean, Guitar Center is, I believe, filing for bankruptcy. So th- that might be the other reason why you can't go do it. But, you know, I think the days of going into Guitar Center and they have like 30 or $40 like Led Zeppelin records there, you know, that, that you've already bought throughout your life three other times. Now they're charging you $40 again for it. You know, no download code, no, nothing bonus. Like it's just it's just on vinyl. And it's like I, I think that's where it got kind of. That was like my drop off when it started getting like that. Like when you could go into Barnes and Noble and get rec- and that's another one. Like Guitar Center was an offender, but another big one, Barnes and Noble. And I haven't been in a Barnes and Noble in a while, so I mean, I assume they still sell records. But like, just the bullshit of like, really, like, let, like let's be honest. This is someone who collects records, have collected them for years. I have hundreds and hundreds of them. Even still, even if I, even as I've downsized, like, don't make that sound. Like, don't don't take that as I'm selling off my entire collection. Like, I still have ungodly amounts. Like in the hundreds, I still have hundreds of twelve inches, hundreds of seven inches. But uh, you know, I, I think that's really where my where my turn went because they're really when I got into records, they were cheaper. Like they were just cheaper. Like in in 2010, 2011, um, you could go to like a Hot Topic, which is mainly where I went, and I would raid their clearance sections. You'd get records for like three dot, like really three or four dollars. You know, like like just some some were open, some weren't. Like they'd just be sitting back there in the bin, like you know, and they'd be a few dollars. Like you go in there and you'd like drop twenty dollars, you get like five albums, and it's like, and a lot of them had. And the other thing is, a lot of them had download codes. I would say. 
eight to nine times out of ten they had download codes. It's not like you were just getting the record. Like it made no sense sometimes. Like you'd go in and go, I could buy this on CD for ten dollars, or I could go buy that record there that's on the clearance rack and it's five dollars and I get a digital download. Like and I get this record that like you know is a rare like because really that's a collectability. Like that's what that's what I think got me into into records as well as a lot of other people too is the collectability of them. Like, that is, that is something that's still to this day, like, I don't really collect like I did, but you still get a kick out of, like, here's this cool pressing and there's only 100 of them. Because, like, when, no matter what you're talking about, if you're a fan of a band, like, just a merch item that's, like, that limited, including for, like, bigger bands, it's, like, that's insane. You know, like, there's certain bands who have records out there where it's, like, we pre- and, not, and not the ones for, like, Record Store Day where it's, like, limited pressing of 8,000, like, Oh, okay. Like that's not as limited as I, uh, I, I guess we both, I guess our, our definition of limited might be a little different, but, uh, you know, like not ones like that ones where it's like, these are like bands who like, you know, sell out arenas or something. And they have like a pressing limited to like 250, like things like that, where you go like, that's insane. Like that's really collectible. And you get a cool, you get a cool piece of music, you know, you get, you get something really fun to look at. But, uh, you know, back back then it really did. Like, now you got that, but it was cheaper. It was a lot of times you'd go into, like, a Hot Topic, and Hot Topic really be the – I got to give credit where credit's due with them, you know, as uh, fucking lame as, as Hot Topic might uh, might be. Or maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that. Um, maybe I'm pissing off all the goth teens right now listening to this uh, on their iPhone speaker, like playing it on the iPhone speaker, hanging outside a Hot Topic. And uh, my apologies if, uh, if that is you – but, like, I got to give them credit because there was such a long time where it's, like, that's where you got – like, before Barnes & Noble and all that. But it's, like, the thing that I give them is they they didn't have fucked up prices in the beginning. Eventually it got to that where the prices – they started price gouging as well. I don't think they ever got as bad as, like, some of the other brick-and-mortar stores. But, like, they, they got – you know, they started gouging their prices a little more uh, later on. But, like, you know, there's time where you go in there and it's like it's the only place you go get, you know, what other store is going to carry an alkaline trio, you know, LP, like things like that. And then they're like so cheap. So it's like it just becomes, you know, such a no brainer. So, you know, the whole collectability and just the cheapness was what I got into. Like, I got to say, like, I don't think I ever would have gotten into record collecting as much as I did had I gotten into it in like 2015, 2016, like. Like I just can't imagine spending some of that money on right and not and I'm not talking about like eBay ones, like just those where you go to a store and they want forty dollars for a fucking single LP. Like nothing special about it. No cool like gatefold. There's not like, you know, new liner notes like this and that. And it's like, fuck that. Like forty dollars, like another twenty or thirty, you got a you're in like box set territory. So, you know, like I think that was a big that was a big turning point for me. That and a uh, funny enough, a, a big one because you would think I would hit more. And actually, I hit more record stores traveling. It's still something that, like, if I go to a city, like even more than bars, like you know, people go to people go and like, like I'm someone who, and I love to travel. And something I do, and it it, it splits. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it bites you in the ass. But just being spontaneous, you know, going to a city, going, I'm going to this city today. I don't have a lot of plans. I might I might write down three or four places, go like, okay, there's this vegan place I want to eat. There's this art museum that looks cool. And mainly record stores. Like, you know, there's a good a couple good record stores. Like like I, I might do some of that, but like that that will sometimes be the extent of my research. Sometimes less than that. But like 
just just getting to a place and finding like a record store in a city you've never been is just so fun. Like I, I still love doing it. I, I did it last month when I uh, went to Burlington. When I was in Vermont. I uh, I stopped in Burlington for the day. And uh, my last stop, I, I talked about it on the last podcast. I cannot remember the name of it. It's like pop music records or popular music records or something like that in Burlington. It's like in a basement, the uh, the wall outside of it, I guess storefront. I don't know if you'd really call it that because it's going into a basement. But it's purple and uh, it's really cool. But a nice little small place. And that was just kind of a spontaneous, like I was there and like kind of looking up stuff. And like, you know. I just grabbed a few little things, like nothing big. Like I'm not like that anymore. Like there was a time when I went record stores. This is what I'm talking about where I'm like, I don't really feel so bad selling my records off now because I'm like, I'm not a flipper. Like I went in for years and spent like, I mean, a couple record stores, I definitely spent over $200. I've went into, I don't know what my biggest record store purchase is, but I can tell you in one record store, it's at least $200. I would say in between two to three hundred. I don't think over three hundred. Any, I think over three hundred would be insane. I don't. I don't think I've ever hit that. Um, I not yet. I ain't dead yet. Uh, there, there is time. There is time for me to do that. And uh, you know that, that's why you gotta support this podcast so I can go spend four hundred dollars at a record store. But uh, in a day, I've spent four hundred dollars in a record store. I one year on Warp Tour, Warp Tour two thousand thirteen. And I blame Hawthorne Heights for this. Actually, now now that I now that I say this, I want 100% blame the band Hawthorne Heights because those guys are playing Warp Tour. They're good dudes. They uh, they collect vinyl. They were collecting vinyl back then, just like me. And uh, it, it was rags. I remember I, I, I went and looked for a few things. Like they turned Matt, their bass player, turned me on to Lemuria because he uh, he like hit me up. He's like, look for this for on record store day for me. And uh, you know they they collected records back then too. And they're like, yo, like you can leave your shit at our merch table. So, you know, if you've been to Warp Tour, it's not really the place you buy records. Like it's not the place you buy collectible things. T-shirts, sure. I can I can throw T-shirts in a backpack. Same with CDs and stickers and shit like that. But like vinyl is not is not your friend at Warp Tour. And I have a couple I have a couple jackets on my records that will definitely prove that. That have uh, you know had to endure rainstorms and pits and fucking mud and just you know hot days and getting just jerked around in my backpack. And uh, you know so those dudes let me put my shit there. And uh, I went to three Warp tours that year. But the worst was at Buffalo. It was the first. It was the first one, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, you can leave your vinyl here." So I'm walking around like, you know, there was probably a break where like there were no bands that I wanted to see on. So I go walking through the merch, and I just go fucking buck wild. I mean, I really, I probably spent two hundred dollars on records at that at that at Warp Tour 2013, just at the Buffalo stop. And I don't think I went as nuts at the other two, but I'm sure I still dropped another hundred dollars at least <laughs> at the, collectively at the other two on records. But uh, you know that was dangerous. I blame I blame them for that because I never would have I couldn't have fit them. Like the amount of records that I bought wouldn't have fit in my backpack. I'd fucking I would have just I would have broke my back walking around with the amount of records that I purchased that year. But uh, they were nice enough to let me do that, and uh, you know, no great great dudes who understand that. Like you can't be. And then they're like, ooh, and odd at some of it too. You know, they, they appreciate, they appreciate it, which was nice. But you, you know, it's funny. I think Buffalo is probably my biggest because of like Warp Tour and like Record Store Day and it just being the closest to me throughout my life. Probably the place I've dropped the most money. 
probably, it, it, not even probably, I think it has to be. Because even Amoeba, which Amoeba in LA, I will tell you, pro, in my top three favorite record stores. I mean, it, it's tied like, if we're talking West Coast, it is. Specifically the LA store, which is now gone. Uh, R.I.P., another one, which is just sad. It, it relocated. But, I, I mean, I'm excited whenever I get to L.A. again, whenever the hell that is. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to go see the new one. But it's like that was such an iconic location. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's still rad. Like, I'm happy that it's not gone for good. But it is a bummer. It had nothing to do with them. I think it's I think it's basically fucking gentrification. I, I think uh, – like a high rise is going there. Just really just bullshit. Like really just some some really stupid stuff. So fuck those high rises and uh I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that is what it is. It was something so stupid. Like they're gonna demolish it and put high rises. So uh fuck those people. Uh I take I take back the, the thing I said about hot topic. Fuck whoever lives in the high rises where Amoeba once was. But uh even even there, which kind of going back <laughs> kind of going back to why I blame Hawthorne Heights me traveling has become such a thing, like I was kind of talking about earlier, where you would, and I still hit a bunch of record stores, but I don't buy record records. Like I don't buy vinyl like I once did because I just travel so much and I do so much sleeping in my car and car camping and stuff that it's like, dude, driving through the Southwest, like, I mean, I'm fucking baking in my car. Like I'm sleeping in my car in Arizona and I'm baking it is not good for the records. Like, you know, it, it definitely fucks with them. It will warp them. Because then you're also, you know, you're going one second, you're in a state where it's hot as hell, and then, you know, you're in another where certain times of year you're getting snow. You know, it's not it's not impossible to be in a, a state where it's 90 degrees and then in a state where it's like 60 or 70 with snow. So, you know, like with things like that, I'm just like, and I don't want them like moving around back. You know what I mean? It's like there's only so much you can do to protect vinyl if I'm basically inhabiting my car, like if I'm living in my car like that on a trip, it's like they're going to get, you know, my foot's going to accidentally kick one when I wake up or I'm going to take a turn too hard. They're going to go flying or something. So it's like I try to stay away from them, which is probably why I don't spend as much as I once did at record stores. I, uh, I wouldn't say that cassettes have taken over for it because that just sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> and it is because cassettes, I do collect cassettes, but here's my thing for them. My budget is about $8. If you're asking more than $8 for that cassette, I ain't buying it. I was tempted once in Portland. I can't remember where I was, but it was a, I don't even remember the band now. It was a 80, it was a punk band from the 80s and it was like an original pressing of like one of their like their big album on cassette and I cannot remember off the top of my head who the hell it was but it was like $15 and and they almost tempted me and even then I'm like I'm not paying $15 for this like I'm I'm not doing that you know I it like it's crazy to me the like the the new I guess I'm going off on a tangent not really cuz we're talking about record stores so like this is the shit you find in record stores but like Bands who put new ones out, like, I get a kick out of that. But it's like the gimmick is worth, once again, about $8. Like, if there's a download code in there, I might pay 10 because it's like, all right, if I was going to download this anyways, it probably cost me $10. So now I, get it. now I get the cassette. You know, you get the collectability of it. But, uh, yeah, most of the time it's not. I know there's a few, like, the moms. They're last doing, doing Asbestos We Can, a great band who I play on the radio show who never got enough credit and uh, broken up for a few years now. But put out a couple really good releases you should go check out. The Moms. I know they're going to be hard. To, it's one of those, like, ungoogable names, like, including for a band like that size. Because, you know, they just weren't super big. It's like Dads, too. You know, like another another good band who it's just like, 
I like how the fuck do you find them, you know? But uh, you should go check out the moms. But I do remember they put their last album out on cassette. It was like $6 with a download code. It's like it was cheaper than literally just getting a digital download. So I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to get that. Like that's when I like it. It's like, okay, I get this cool little thing with it and I actually get the album. Because it's like that, was a, that is my gripe about records where they're normally good with download codes. But it's like the ones who don't put them in, I get so pissed. Including when you spend like $20 for a record. I'm like, I just dropped 20 bucks. Like you in an age where there's streaming and there's digital and there's like all these other things, it's like – you need to have a digital download in there. Like, that's bullshit. At that point, you know, if you're charging me like $9.99 or so, like, okay, something like cheap. $9.99 is very specific. <laughs> that sounded, I don't know why I'd pick $9.99 and not $10. I guess because that's what you see in stores. I guess that's just what you're used to seeing. That's what I'm going to go with. But yeah, and I mean, I get it because there are some that like get repressed where like it's like a legality thing. You know, where it's like, oh, we're repressing, you know, like this Blink-182 album, you know, like, like say your shop radio cast, you know, one who, who, uh, another one who back when I was really collecting did put out some really nice ones where it's like, you'd pay a little more for their records, but they ended up being pretty nice. I think people have had issues with them though. Like I never really had an issue with them. I can't think of a time I did, but I also was doing, it's been years since I ordered anything from them. We're like the last time I think I ever ordered anything was probably like 2014, Probably take actually, I mean, probably whenever that take off your pants and jacket uh, that they did, which Mightier Than Sword was supposed to do, which fuck that guy. That's uh, I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I've bitched about that on here before. I 100% have went on a tangent on it, but fuck RJ, whatever his name is, uh, who did that because I gave him, I gave that dude like almost $200 of my graduation money from high school, and I never got it back. Like a lot of people didn't. I disputed it with PayPal. But they never did anything. And I probably, I did it, I did it where, like, you just went through, like, email. I probably should have escalated and, like, called them and, like, really just, like, I, I think I had to try a lot harder. Not that I didn't try, but I think I really had to, like, push them more. But, like, that motherfucker, I, to this day, I mean, he put that out. I graduated in 2011. So he put it out. I'm like, I got this graduation money. I'm going to buy me, take off your pants. And jet, bought all bought all the colors and everything. I was so stoked. You know, Mark Hoppus did the liner notes and like wrote a little thing and stuff. And I'm like, it looks so cool. And that motherfucker did that. But Shop Radio Cast did come in and, you know, like, like for whatever people's problems are with them, I, I've seen different things. They're not mine personally, so I'm not talking any shit on them. But, uh, you know, they stepped in, put out the best. I have a few pressings of take off your pants and jacket. Like, that. that's how I used to – that was the thing. I used to really be a collector of that where it's like I had records. Like, now I'll buy records if I really like them. But I can't remember last time I had to get every single variant, you know. Like, I used to be more like that where I'm now like I, I'm just going to get it to listen to it. Like, I'm not, I'm not so much of – of like, I have to have the blue because it's pressed, you know, only a hundred. I'm not really like that. I rather it sound good. I rather I have a few records where I'm like, I've had doubles where it's like when I sell, you know, if I've sold like a double, it's not. I don't go with the the. I'll sell the one that's more rare because I rather have the one that sounds better. Like I don't care that you know this one has more press, more of these are pressed. If it sounds better, I rather that 100. percent You know. And Shop Radio Cast ended up uh, doing a really good job with them. And also they did like 10% off. Like if you showed them like the proof that uh, you got fucked over basically by Mightier Than Sword, they uh, they took like 10% off of it. And uh, it was a really good one. Like because I've, 
I've sold off some of my Blink-182 uh, records, some of the more rare ones that are worth more, and uh, I, I've definitely held off on that. Uh, that's one I will not get rid of. That That is not a uh, – that's not a pressing of that I want to get plus, – plus you have the bonus songs in there, which is really cool how they house uh, – Go go look at it online if you're uh, if you're a fan. I mean, obviously don't if you if you fucking hate Blink One Eighty Two. But if you're a fan like myself and you've never seen it, go look up the Shop Radio Cast pressing. At least the original. I, I don't know. They might have repressed it. I don't know if they all look like that. But uh, really cool. Have three uh, seven inches on the inside with all the bonus tracks, and they're housed inside the big old fold out gatefold. And uh, just really cool. I think one of the cooler ones in my collection. That that one is up there. I think is one of the uh, the nicest ones. You know, and I do, I do like the. I've talked about them a bunch lately with the replacements, but those Rhino Records box sets that they do, like the replacements ones, the Ramones, um, Lou Reed, and a bunch of other ones too. Like they do them now, where like, like there's like three CDs and like one LP, and then you know like a, like a huge like booklet of liner notes and stuff. But they have it. It's like a little bigger. I mean, it is wider and a little longer than like your your average like vinyl jacket. But like I like them, like they fit, they fit in there well, and like they're they're pretty durable, and like I don't know, I really I like them. They fit in, they fit in there. Like even though there's like three, you know, there's more than just a vinyl in there. You know, there's like there's more CDs and there are vinyl most of the time. But I really like the setup on those. I think they do a really good job on those, and uh, th- those are like another really well packaged ones. Though that's the thing that still gets me with vinyl that they'll that a lot of times they'll get me with where I'll still buy it is if there's a really cool packaging with it, you know, because they'll, they'll still do a lot more with that, you know, that you won't see so much with the CD or the digital where like they'll put more time into those liner notes or like adding different things like it, it's definitely it's definitely more of a selling point for me now, I think these days to grab that stuff. But but another one, like I said, it's like I, I think price price is one too, where it's just like, you know. I'm not I'm not paying that like I once was because I just I don't listen to them enough either. Like I I think I think one day it's I've always said this like I I have I have very middle of the road equipment and I always have like I've never had like great great equipment but I, I have like an okay pair of uh, like Pioneer speakers not not vintage like the vintage shit's the best like and that's probably one day I would buy like a bunch of bunch of like the vintage old like Pioneer stuff. And, uh, you know, like like some like really nice turntable and receiver and stuff. But like I have like middle of the road stuff, which isn't bad. But I will say like I, I've heard stuff like I've heard my record collection on like nicer on other people's like record players and stuff. And like you, you can really hear where it's like, oh, yeah, like like you can hear a difference. It You know, it, it's like a whole different experience. And I do think that, that one day when I'm older. Um, I, I think if I like my whole thing has been because I, I I like to move around and do shit. I like to travel. I, I like to not stay in one place. So like my whole thing is I don't want to sink thousands of dollars into a really nice sound system and have to lug it places. You know what I mean? And then also like have to take the risk of fucking them up every time you transport them and like all that stuff. So it's just because records themselves are not fun to really move. Like when I moved to Minneapolis, I hardly brought most of my collection. And I thought I was gonna. And then I just I ran out of room and I'm like, there's no way to really safely take most of these. Like by the time I was ready to go, none of it made sense. Like it would have been a gamble. They could have gotten fucked up and destroyed. And I don't want that. And it's just like, you know, that stuff's already a pain in the ass to move. So until I know that I'm somewhere for a good while, like I don't want to invest in a sound system, but I think one day when I do, you know, definitely a plan sometime, uh, I, I could see myself like falling way back into records again. Like, like I did where like really like I want every release on vinyl 
And, uh, you know, because I used to be that way, too, where it's like if there was a band, like not even the album per se, but it's like if I liked the band and they had a record out, you know, I'd be like, oh, I want the vinyl. Now it's like, you know, you, you, you realize that after a while that it's like, well, with vinyl, you can't skip a song. So it's like, yeah, like I like this band, but maybe this album has like six good songs and then like eight terrible ones. It's like, well, I'm, I, what am I going to do? Like go move the needle every time, like try to try to guess what groove I got to put it in now to like skip it. You know, like it, it's just like, no, that's okay. So, I mean, I definitely now it's like I, I got to really like an album. One of the only there. Like I would say the only band or like like band and around the universe because because when any of the dudes put something out, I also got to go grab that. But the replacements are like the one where it's like I'll go, you know, which I mean, I've heard the songs. It's not it's not so much that but like even if it's live, it's like I you could just sell me on vinyl like one of their terrible nights, like where it's just all they do is play covers and like lounge versions of their songs. And it's like I'd, I'd buy the shit out of that. Like I'm still just going to buy it blindly. But uh, nowadays I'm more like besides if you're not if you're not the replacements, I gotta really like the album to to dish out extra money for the vinyl. You know that, that's just kind of where I am with that. And but I'm also like, and I, I think a lot of other people are kind of like this. Like I'm just a fan of music too. So like I mean I like I like just different formats. But I'm not someone who like, and I never was even even at my peak vinyl. It's like I would still buy CDs and I would still get you know I would still do the digital route. You know like. Including now, like, you know, doing the podcast and radio show, a lot of times, you know, people send you stuff digitally. So it's like, you know, I, I don't care. Like, I, I listen to music digitally a lot. You know, I mean, it'd be insane not to, basically, in 2020. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, I'm not someone who's, like, a purist who's like, I have to have it on vinyl. I'm just like, what everyone's cool. And, really, if you haven't if you haven't been able to figure this out from this episode, I'm also just a cheap ass. So, you know, a lot of times my purchase comes out of, well, what one is the cheapest? You know, like, and that was the thing is, like, We've kind of we've kind of lost it in that way where there was a time where like the LP was cheaper than the CD and then the LP was like five dollars more than the CD, which I'm cool with. Like I'll pay like five more dollars. And now it's like they basically have to give the CD away and the record is thirty dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just, you know, that's that's where they've lost me. You know, that that's really where they've lost me. But it, it is something, you know, live live music is like probably the biggest thing that I miss during the whole pandemic. But record stores are a big one. And I, I've been I've been in like I think three this year. Three or four altogether. And maybe more pre pandemic. No, actually I don't think that's true. I don't I don't think I hit any record stores really prior to that. But I've probably hit four or five altogether this year. And uh, you know, every every time it's like you just and I've I've not left empty handed. I mean really like there there is I think from not being able to go as much as, as you once did you know, it does make you start looking more and, and I'm not out so much. So, you know, my kind of want list does kind of build up. And, uh, you know, I just I miss going out there and really hitting them. That's still like I was saying earlier about traveling, like still one of my favorite things to do in cities is go find the best record stores. It's like, you know, and hit up people. It's like, what record stores do I go to here? You know, like uh, like I remember Shake It Records in Cincinnati. That's a really good one if you're in the area. And the, I mean, that's the other thing with this man, like go out and support these record stores. Like the one, like any that I mention on here and you know, like go, go support them. They're probably not doing amazing right now. And it's like, if you're in these areas, you're passing through, you know, whether, whether it's now, whether it's later, whenever, like go support them or go buy their shit online. Like if they got an online store, you know, go support them, make sure they're still there for when everything's over. But, uh, you know, shake it records like that. That's one where it's like, and I get excited. Cause like, 
three or four people told me like I'm like I'm going to Cincinnati and I asked like four people from Cincinnati like what like what record stores do I go to all of them said shake it records like all of them so it's like already like I get this anticipation I'm giddy it's like if four people tell you that like all right it's probably pretty good and then I got there and it was it, it was great you know I, I that was one where I probably I think I dropped like 80 bucks and uh, bought some cool shit I actually remember buying some uh, replace that's where I bought the replacement stink actually for the first time bought that on cd that 2008 remaster and uh also got some like cool bootleg vinyl uh matt's bootleg vinyl and some other stuff and uh, ended up being a really great place but like i love that like it's like that's what i look forward to you know like i'm going into a city and it's like what record store like what like like fuck the landmarks like i i don't really like, like I've been to Chicago and I've still never seen that dumbass bean that everyone tells me to go see. The only time I've ever seen it was uh, using the bathroom at an Office Max. They had it uh, plastered on the wall back there. So I did see the bean um, inside of an Office Max in Chicago. And I feel like that that's close enough. But I've never seen that, but I've probably been to four or five different record stores there, you know. So, like, I, that's just me. It's like that's my interest, you know. Like a lot of landmarks and stuff that I maybe don't care that much to see. But I got to go find your best, you know, the, your record store, the best cassette collection, you know, and things like that. But Shake It Records, that was a that was a really good one. And uh, Ohio, Ohio is good with that. Like Cleveland, Cleveland's another one. They got a bunch. The Record Den sticks out in my mind, though. Probably like my favorite in Cleveland would be the Record Den. And that is actually one I have been to this year. Uh, one day going through Cleveland, I had to stop. And uh, just a great, you know, it's funny, good sticker collection. I remember one time spending a lot of money on stickers. They're very good sticker collection and uh, really good. They're, they're like CDs are really cheap. I, you know, and really I've been going there for years and it was only this last time I realized they had a good cassette collection, like just a bunch of the best. Like I, they're one of those places where I always feel like the jackpot for like good cassettes are not a place that's like stocking new ones because if they are they're going to charge you more because they they're like okay they're they're in the business to sell these whereas like the record den has a bunch left over it seems like from back in the day of selling you know cassettes so you have to pie you have to go through and rummage through now there's you know nine of nine times out of ten it's like a christmas cassette or something you don't want like it's nothing, but you keep searching, and all of a sudden you find a you know a cassette that you really really love, you know from a band you really love, like an album you really love, and it's still sealed, and it's like two dollars, sometimes less, you know like those I those to me have been my best luck for finding good cassettes because they're not once again like if they're selling new ones, they might be one of those places like we want fifteen dollars for this new album sealed on cassette, and it's like well fuck you. Now you go to ones like that and it's like, we don't want these fucking things. I've been like <laughs> house of guitars. Now I was talking earlier. Amoeba is my favorite record store on the West coast. And one of my all time favorite record stores, my other one of my all time favorites in my top three and my favorite on the East coast has to be house of guitars in Rochester, which uh, is a beautiful place that I have not been to in like two years. Not since I've been back here in uh, New York. And uh, I mean, kind of cause the pandemic happened, but uh, one of the last places I hit before I moved in 2018, but have not been back since then. But last time I was there, and I was about to talk about how good their cassette collection is, and now you really know because I got I got a sealed copy of Jawbreakers Dear You for like $6, which is honestly probably worth – if I put that on eBay, which I would not, but it probably is actually worth a little money. Dear You on cassette, uh, un, unopened, even has the little hype sticker on it. And also the Posey, the Posey's Dear 23, they had that sealed on cassette for like 
$4. Like that is another one because House Guitars doesn't really stock new cassettes. But I mean, and listen, if you've never been there, it's a magical fucking place. And like when I say cluttered, this place, like there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to things. You will find like it, it, it goes back to the record den, like having to just just go through all those cassettes and to really find a gem, you have to just go through all that shit. Same with House of Guitars. I've spent hours going through boxes of cassettes, like not on display, just there you'll be walking and, oh, is that a random box of cassettes sitting on top of those CDs? Why, yes, it is. And you like start going through, there's like, like Glassjaw. I remember finding a bunch of promotional cassettes, like singles for their first record before it was out. There's like two or three songs off of it. They're like 99 cents. Like just, and then you get up to the register and like, you want, like, I forget what one I bought, but there was an album that was like $8 and had a little crack in it, but it was sealed. I think it was the Mark, Tom and Travis show, uh, Blink-182 and it's sealed. And like, I love that album. That is one where it's like, all right, I'll pay $8 for this. There was like a little crack, but the guy at the thing like asked me, I'm not, I'm not even bullshitting. This dude asked me two or three times, like, you sure you want, like it's $8 and there's a crack in it. And it's a 20 year old cassette. Like he's basically like, like, are you sure dude? Like, are you? Like, really? <laughs> like, I just want to double check before I take your money. Like, uh, like really? <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, that's another one. That, that's the best cassette collection I've ever found, House of Guitars. Um, the best one. But they have, like, the best selection of everything. You just have to go there. But that that's the charm of it is, and if you're a musician, too, because the upstairs, I mean, there's more rhyme and reason with that. I mean, everything's a little more organized. But, like, it is a mecca for guitar. You know, if you're a musician, I mean, amps guitars basses vintage gear like old effects like new shit like just every like everything you can think of you can find at house of guitars i mean it is a house just full of guitars and records and everything and uh, yeah downstairs i mean the record store though just i mean and just like iconic like like people like everyone who plays rochester does a meet and greet there i I went to go see green day uh, in 2013 in rochester and i stopped at house of guitars beforehand i had no clue mike dirt was doing a signing there and i kicked myself it was like like i literally missed them by 20 minutes like everyone like i'm walking through and everyone's telling me like oh did you see that guy from green day was here and i'm like no like that would have been kind of cool. Like I'm about to go see him in like three hours. Like I didn't know he's like, everyone just does that. Like, like there's some great, you know, going back to the replacements and my favorite goddamn band. Like they, uh, there's pictures of them signing shit from like, don't tell a soul era. Cause Slim's in there, um, on the wall there, like just the most, even like cool shit. That's not for sale. Just old promo stuff that you will never see anywhere else that they just have all around there. Like just vintage shirts that are probably were literally like just their ceiling <laughs> like honestly like i've thought about this before in there like the vintage clothing market and all that on ebay and posters and stuff like just their ceiling not gold records not like their inventory but just the posters and shirts they have like tacked on their ceiling from like that have been up there for like longer than i've been alive that shit is probably worth thousands of dollars up there you know just, just sitting up there it, it it's just i love it like it shows all the different eras like that record store probably looks the same as it did in 1993 as it did in 2013 as it will in 2030 you know like it's just one of those places and and that's the charm of it is you know 
that it is that you do find the best shit by just randomly walking through. Like you won't find that rare, like that rare promo sampler from that band under their name, like in CDs, you'll find it like in the stickers or something like while you're just looking through, like, you know, I I don't know, like hopefully this makes sense. If you're there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, go look up pictures and go there the next time you're in Rochester, like the, I, Top three record stores in the entire world. Best record store on the East Coast, 100%. You know, one that I dearly miss and uh, will definitely get back to when, whenever I'm in uh, Rochester next. You know, when, whenever that may be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the best things, like, going around and, like, you start looking forward to it. You're like, I'm in this part of the country, so I got to go, you know, I got to hit this record store, this one. And we are lucky in, uh, in like, the... I mean, like this area, you know, the, the, and, and kind, of, kind of specifically where I am, where like I'm, I'm in the Western region of New York, where literally I can be in Pennsylvania in 15 minutes. If I got in my car right now and drove, I'd be in PA and, uh, and we're, we're but not, not like the New Jersey, New York, PA, like tri-state area, uh, down once again in the Western part. But like Ohio is also like, I can be in Ohio in like an hour, like it would take me about an hour to get there. And, like, I, I am kind of lucky where I'm at where, like, we don't really have record stores here, sadly. We've had a couple throughout the years, but they've uh, all they've all been uh, – just went under, like, just – there just wasn't money to be made in this area for records, which is uh, too bad. You know, I think the people – it was cool, though, because the people who did shop at them, I think, really cared, me being one of them. But uh, Good City Records, uh, like, the best one. Shout out to them. But I, I, they just kind of did it for fun, you know. They, they did it and uh, were only open, like, weekends, was in – literally like an old living room in a, in a building was really cool place, but, you know, just did it for the love of it. And like, I think it started probably costing, I don't know this for sure, but I think it probably started costing them money to do. And it's like, when it starts costing you money to run a record store, probably got to, you know, hang it up. And, uh, you know, the people, they had amazing selection. They had very, very good, very curated, you know, you could tell they gave a shit and really thought about like what to stock and stuff. You know, they weren't just throwing random shit in there. You know, they, they actually cared about what was going on in there. And you could find some really good stuff. One of my best hauls, actually, for Record Store Day, of all the places I've been for Record Store Day, was probably at that one. I, I went in in this little room with everyone and uh, ended up scoring probably, like, three or four records that I really, really wanted, like, right away. But, uh, you know, but, like, what I'm saying is, yeah, you know, record stores may not last where specifically where I'm at, but I'm at least in this place where, like, Rochester's 90 minutes or maybe like two two hours Buffalo's about 90 minutes and that's another one record theater rest in peace you know the two of those uh, specifically they're both on Main Street but that one at I think it's 1800 Main Street you know the bigger one if you know what I'm talking about uh, if you're from Buffalo you know the the bigger one which I went to the one close to the college for years and I loved it but I never knew like I knew there was that other one I didn't know it was another record theater And it just, like, I don't know why. It never looked like anything from the outside. And it's a big building, but really, like, it is kind of, like, now it's gone. But, like, I don't don't know if other people felt this way. But you just drive by it for years, and it just never looked like much. Like, it looked big, but I'm like, I don't know. It kind of looked run down or whatever. And then I went in. I'm like, this is the greatest fucking, like, this is the best record store in Buffalo. 
and uh, another one just one of the best record stores. Like, talk about selection. Like, I mean, you could find anything in there. They had great selection of vinyl. They had great selection of UCDs and stuff. Like, things I couldn't find anywhere else I could find there. You know, and just random shit, too, like pins and stickers. And, like, those other things you'll find at a good record store. Like, good, just good selection. Like, and they were another one who knew what they were doing. Like, they stocked a lot of things where it's like, we stock this because we know you can't find it anywhere else. And we know you want, you know, that there's people who are looking for this. You know, smart, I would say smart business people. But uh, I will give a shout out because once again, you know, big thing right now supporting these uh, stores. But Hi-Fi Hits in Buffalo, which is another one that I have been to this year. I did get to check that out. But uh, I don't know the dude. I, mean, I don't know him or anything. But the, uh, I guess, is a former manager from a Record Theater runs that and uh, does a really good job. When I went in there, uh, just kind of, kind of, I mean, it's a lot smaller, but he's like, it's a condensed version of that and still has that spirit, like great selection, like knows, I think knows their clientele, killer cassette, coll- <laughs> killer cassette collection, even better than record theaters. Cause at least, at least when I went to record, I mean, record theater was around for a very long time. There probably was a time where their cassette game was good, but, uh, you know, by the time I was there, no one was buying them, so they didn't keep them in stock. You know, they weren't taking them in. And then eventually they would just get new ones. And that's where, like, you'd go in and they want, like, you know, fucking $20 for a tape. And I'm like, I ain't paying that. But uh, Hi-Fi Hits, great selection of cassettes. I think I ended up buying more cassettes than anything else. I got, like, one or two CDs and bought, like, six six tapes while I was there. Uh, Sparkle and Fade being one of the best ones. And Minor Threat. Minor Threat and uh, Everclear Sparkle and Fade probably the two best ones I got there, but very cool, good prices and everything. And just very rad. Like next time, anytime I'm in Buffalo, um, you know, not just next time, anytime I'm there, it is now, I think it will now take place. Cause it was fairly recent. I don't think I've even been back to Buffalo since I went there, but you know, the, uh, the old ritual was definitely record theater. Record theater was one of the first stops. If I'm feeling, if I'm really feeling like throwing money away, it would be hitting both record theaters. Cause they're on the same street. Like main street's very long. It's probably still like a 10 minute drive, but they're like 10 minutes apart from each other. So like, you know, sometimes you go a little buck wild, you go drop a hundred at one of them and you run down the street and you go drop a hundred at the, <laughs> at the other, you know, but, but thankfully for me, they at least had a, had a punch card. So every now and then you got I think like $10 off maybe you had to spend you did have to spend like $100 or so maybe a little more than 100 but I think it was like around there and you get like 10 bucks off which is rad and uh you know so that, that was always nice that, that's a little sigh of relief but uh yeah I mean RIP record theater one of the best up there they used to be a r- ritual to go there but hi-fi hits will definitely be one I continue to go to so I mean if you're if you're ever in that area you know, go go hit that up. We we do have good record stores in this area, like I was saying. Same with Ohio, not so close, uh, not as close as Cleveland, but a ver- one you would not think about. Like, not this record store, but just not an area you would think about, but Culture Clash Records in Toledo, Ohio. I've only been once, and this is once again. I, I, I hate to bring them up again, but Hawthorne Heights, my dude JT, their singer, I, uh, I went and saw him and Mark Rose from Spittlefield, they uh, played a really rad basement show in Toledo that I went up one time to go see. And uh, he's from Ohio, uh, JT. So I'm like, dude, like, w- where are the record stores here? Or are there any, too? Because it's like, you know, Toledo, Toledo, I mean, is probably bigger than where I live, but it's not a huge city. You know, it is a city, but it's not a huge city. So I'm like, you know, do they have anywhere? And he's like, Culture Clash Records, you got to go there. And like, my God, like it and CDs there it wasn't even it wasn't even vinyl in particular. It was CDs. I remember um, the the really like 
the real like gem there, I remember being an advanced copy of a Thursday's full collapse with like this alternative artwork on it. I remember tweeting a picture to Jeff Rickley and I'm like, is this rare? And he's like, I've only ever seen one. So I'm going to go with, yeah. And I've never seen another one since, um, probably on Discogs. I, 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 maybe I haven't looked on there cause Discogs has like everything. Like they even have like test press info and like, you know, promo copies and all that stuff. So I got to look on there, but I've never seen another for sale, never seen it anywhere else. And uh, that was definitely the gem. It was like five bucks, but a bunch of cool old rad, like doghouse records comps I got and a bunch of other stuff. And they had really good stereo equipment. Going back to that, I remember them having a lot of really good analog, like old ass stereo equipment, which is the best stuff from like the seventies and eighties. Um, you know, that, that, that's the stuff you want. Like that's, if I was putting the money in, it's like, I begin vintage, vintage shit, baby, that all the way. But, uh, that is another one where Toledo, Ohio, probably not the first place you think of. That's one of the best record stores I've ever been to in Ohio. Like, and I've only been there once. I just don't get to, uh, don't get to Toledo very much. I'm sad. Actually, every time I've passed by Toledo since then has been at night. So they're always closed. You know, they're, they're, they're not open at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. So I've really only been lucky enough to go once, but it is definitely a place that I want to go back to and can't stress enough. Go check it out if you're ever in that area. And, you know, I, I was lucky living in Minneapolis for a year. I mean, the Twin Cities, I, I've talked about it around here before, but I mean, some of the best record stores you will ever find, like like 100%, just like you go around, like there's really not, I can't think of like, I mean, I'm not here to talk shit anyway, but, uh, you know, because so, as I'm saying, I can't even think of one to talk shit on. I don't know that I really sit here and talk too much shit on them. I will talk shit on a record store in Santa Barbara. It's probably the only one there. Like, it has to be the only one. Fuck them. They sell bootleg. It's on, the, it's on like, the strip. There's a name for it. But, like, the big shopping place. Um, it's, like, two miles of shopping. Like, the Rodeo Drive of Santa Barbara. You know, like like that. But uh, I, I went there once, went to the only record store I could really find there, and they were selling like bootleg DVDs and CDs, which I'm fine with those, but they were selling their own that they got off obviously like YouTube. Like these motherfuckers were like burning. It wasn't their own footage. Like it's not like, hey, we record this last time this band was here. This was just shit you could find on YouTube that they burnt to a disc. And then... In true Santa Barbara fashion, at least from what I could tell from the day I was there, gouged the fucking prices and wanted like $20 for a YouTube video that they didn't own on DVD. I I wanted to smash them. I just wanted to go around and fucking smash them. And everything in there was overpriced. Not just that, but like, like just here's a UCD for like $14. Like get the fuck out of here. Like the, for no reason. We're not talking rare shit. We're talking about like just price gouging. Like... We're in Santa Barbara, fuck you, and and like and like punk stuff too, like like the the kind of stuff where like I always I did kind of laugh, but it's like it was the kind of place you went in and paid thirty dollars for a minor threat T-shirt, like that kind of thing, where it's like, oh, like you know, like like what's punker than that? Paying thirty dollars for a fucking like. A pre-faded looking, like not not an old one, but like a new shirt, on, like on a Gildan shirt that looks pre-faded and is $30. And it's just like, fuck you and fuck that place. If I knew the name of it, I guess I would. <laughs> I am contradicting myself. I guess I am talking shit. I don't know what it's called. You can probably look it up because there, there has to be like only one record store there. 
But, uh, yeah, like, fuck them for doing that. And I think I remember seeing reviews, too. I think people have left bad reviews there. Like, like, come on. Like, don't be doing that with the bootleg shit. And I'm fine. Like, like I've bought tons of replacements, bootlegs throughout the years at record stores. Tom Waits is another one. Like, like some of, Tom Waits, I look, like, I search out for bootlegs when I'm at a record store because some of his best shit is, like, bootlegs of his old, like, lives. Like, my favorite era of him is, like, that, that late 70s era. So, like, my favorite release of his is a bootleg, is uh, Romeo is Bleeding live in Austin, Texas. And uh, my favorite, it's my favorite version of Burma Shave on there. There's a bunch of other great ones, and it's, like, one of his best performances, in my opinion. And uh, and it's funny. I don't have a download of it. I only have it on vinyl, and uh, I've not been able to even find a digital download of it, and I've been trying hard. If you If you were listening to this and you have... The, the mp3 files that send them to powercordhour at gmail.com i'll send you a shirt pics t-shirt i'll i'll send you a bunch of good shit i just want the mp3s i've uh, i'm too lazy there are like on youtube like you could i could probably go rip them but there's a lot of songs i don't have to rip all of them like if you got that let me know if you got that bootleg um you know that one actually legit like the the bootleg sounds good anyways, but I mean if if he was gonna you know if they were gonna like put out like some live Tom Waits records, that is one they should re-release. Like you know that that's something that like got should get a proper release. I, I it's the best live show I think I've ever heard him do. In my opinion, it's like it's just the best. You know, I, and I love Tom Waits. But uh, yeah, you know, so like I'm not anti bootleg in that sense. Like including like the old ones and stuff. But, yeah, like, when you're doing that, you're just ripping fucking videos offline and then, like, putting it, like, not even well done either. Like, really shitty printer paper and shitty printer ink and stuff. Like, just no, just no effort into it, you know. But, uh, but yeah, fuck that store. We're talking about good stores. But, uh, yeah, Minneapolis and St. Paul, <laughs> getting back to that. Like, I can't even think of a bad record store. I really can't. Like, there's... There's not one that I would even direct you not to go to. There's just not. Electric Fetus, probably the best. I'm not just saying that because I lived like five minutes from there. Let me tell you, that was the raddest thing too. Like when I got my apartment, when I went to go look for apartments there and I, and I, I fucking you know signed the lease or whatever, I had no clue I lived down the block from Electric Fetus. All because I went a different, a different route. And until I moved there, like I signed the lease and shit – and then moved back like a month, like I went back, got all my stuff, moved up to Minneapolis. And it was like, I think maybe a week of living there that I realized I was passing electric fetus. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, electric fetus. And then I realized I'm two blocks from my <laughs> from my house. And then I'm like, oh my God, like this rules. And, you know, it, it was very cool too, because that is actually the first, not only the first record store I've ever, I ever went to in Minneapolis, but the first place I ever stopped at, like, period. Uh, back in 2016, I went there on spring break. And one of my first vegan food and record stores, which uh, both are very, very good in the Twin Cities. Shout out to Hard Times Cafe, best vegetarian vegan food in the world. Uh, I, will, I will say that 100%. I've never had better, better fucking vegan food anywhere. And it's actually cheap. It is not. Like, this is the other thing that I celebrate about them is, like, they, they still have that old school vibe that they've always had. They they didn't gouge prices because you know plant based shit is cool now or whatever. Like there's there's some places even though some of them are delicious that uh you know and and not just Twin Cities just you go to a city now and it's like you go get vegan food some of these places like even like a veggie burger like a nice veggie burger that has like 
I don't know, like it's their version of like a veggie Big Mac or something like that. And it's like they want like twenty fucking dollars. Like no drinks, no sides. Like we want twenty dollars for a veggie burger. And you know, that's not what hard times is. Like you go in there and get the greatest vegan biscuits and gravy you've ever had, and it's like seven dollars. And it's like three meals. Oh my God, some of the best hummus too. I'm missing that shit right now talking about it. I go for some hard times and uh and then swing it on over to Electric Fetus. But, uh, yeah, Fetus was the first place I ever stopped when I uh, went there. I was just looking up good places to go see, replacements, landmarks, and uh, all that good stuff. Obviously, I had to go find record stores. And uh, I got up there. It was because it was the first one that was open. They opened the earliest, like I don't know, like 9 o'clock or something, maybe 8 o'clock. So I left my hotel, got there the night before. And my very first stop ever in the Twin Cities was there. And then that was 2016. Uh, that was March of 2016. And then in uh, November of 2018, I ended up living uh, two blocks away. Like I ended up walking, walking there to see Bob Mould play a show and sign my record. Like, like things like that, you know. So I, I definitely, uh, but like that—that's that, the thing though. Like I'm not just saying it because I lived there. It was one of my favorite record stores in the city before I even moved there. Like before I even knew, and before I even knew I, because that was also my stop when I was looking to move there. Like. Like, yeah, 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 I got to go find an apartment, but I also got to go back to Electric Fetus. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, great, great selection. I'd say I'd say probably the best one there. Uh, you know, tons of other good ones, though. St. Paul, I'm trying to think the name of it. Uh, it's where, like, all the dudes in Husker do uh, worked back in the day. And it's, like, it's like on a corner. Very, very cool old place. Has a very interesting name. Just like, just like Electric Fetus is pretty, you know, after a while, like, you get so used to it that you don't think about it anymore. But it's, like, the first time you hear the name of that, like, you're kind of taken by it. Like, that was the other reason, like, I had to go there. Like, I was looking up record stores. Like, they're, like, I, Electric Fetus, like, you gotta go there. Like, I'd be a fucking idiot not to, you know. Uh, I never did get to go to the one in Duluth. I, I think the one in Minneapolis is probably radder, but I know one there's one in Duluth, which is pretty cool. Cheapo Records, another great one up there. Not too far from my apartment either. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I do remember, I think I only really did this one time because it was really goddamn cold. But uh, I do remember walking from my apartment down to the CC Club, going down there, enjoying myself, and then walking back and stopping at Cheapo Records on the way home and uh, just buying shit. That that was fun. It makes me sad that Treehouse Records was closed by then because that I did get to do that a few times though before I moved there. Go hit up CC Club, go across the street to uh, to Treehouse Records, which uh, is is both both of those things are replacements landmarks. If you're wondering what those are. But uh, sadly, sadly, uh, Treehouse was gone by the time I moved there. But yeah, it was so much was so much fun. Great selection to go to after you've been at the CC Club for a while and you walk up and buy some records on the way home. But uh, Cheapo, Cheapo, another great one. But like really like just and a good good cassette collection. Actually, they have a they have solid cassette collection there if you're looking for cassettes. But uh, yeah, you know, so so that's just kind of that was just kind of it for this week. You know, I wanted to get on here, and you know, I miss live shows, but I also miss record stores. So why not get on here, bullshit about them, talk about what I love about them, and collecting records and cassettes and CDs and uh, some of my favorite record stores in the country. I mean, there there's tons more too, but you know, some of the ones that I just uh, listed off there definitely go support. You know, if you're in the area or even if you're not, I think almost all of them, you can order shit online and get it shipped. You know, you got Christmas coming up. Just go check out those places, go support them. I want them to be there when, uh, you know, when everything gets back, you know, I want, I want to be able to go when not next time I'm in Minneapolis, I want to be able to electric fetus and cheapo records and down in the Valley and, uh, all those good ones. 
And uh, yeah, you know, so so go check out, support all of them. And, uh, you know, whenever I, I don't know when the new Amoeba's opening. I don't know if it is during COVID because before it was supposed to happen, like, I think around this time. But I think that was really before anyone really knew that we'd still be in lockdown. So like they may be postponing it, but once it's up, I would love to see the new, the new one. A, uh, one of the saddest ones. I mean, you know, like I'm so happy. I, I, you know, like Treehouse Records and Record Theater. Like there's definitely record stores that I got to go to before they closed. And I'm so thankful that I did. But uh, Tower Records in LA would have been pretty fucking cool. That uh, would have been neat. I did. I got to go to the Virgin Mega store in uh, Times Square. And also uh, there was, de- I think there is one in Toronto. Maybe I'm wrong. I remember going to one. Uh, HMVs actually are pretty cool. I don't even know if they still have HMVs. But I haven't been to I haven't been to Toronto or Canada in a while. But HMVs are kind of cool, you know. I, I know they're just kind of like you know brick and mortar stores or whatever. But I always like those. But Sam the Record Man that is another one. Shout out to them in Toronto. That is that is a quintessential, which is funny. Uh, I, I, probably in other movies too. As we're closing up here, I, I can't remember what one it was. But I was watching, it was like a superhero movie once, it was years ago, and it was supposed to be set in New York City, and the motherfuckers are fighting in the streets, like it's one of those, and there's Sam the Record Man, and it's like, like, I mean, I guess most people may not realize that, but it's like, I mean, then again, though, Toronto is pretty goddamn huge, so it's like, it's not like that's a franchise, like, there's only one, and it has such a, like, iconic storefront that it's like if you're trying to convince us that like this is going on in in literally a different country than where you recorded maybe don't have a fight like sequence in front of sam the record man and then maybe i'll believe that that this is new york city but i always think about that when i think of sam the record man it might have been the hulk actually i want to say it was like the hulk like like not I don't know, not like the Avengers. It was a long, this was like 10 plus years ago. So whenever the fuck, whatever Hulk came out in the late 2000s, I'm pretty sure it was that. But there's like, yeah, it's like, dude, this ain't New York City. That's fucking Toronto, dude. That's Sam the Record Man. But uh, that that is another classic one, another great one. But yeah, that is the episode here. Uh, Thank you very much for checking it out, talking record stores on this Power Chord Hour podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for checking it out. Follow us online. We're at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on Spotify. I put up new playlists every week from what I play on the radio show and a Power Chord Hour or Power Chord Crash Course playlist. A bunch of other stuff over on our Spotify. You can also, if you're shout out to you if you're listening to this on Spotify, but you can also listen to the podcast over there. And uh, yeah. At the podcast everywhere, you know you're listening to this. You can find this everywhere. Rate and review us if you would on iTunes. Subscribe, and if you do rate and review us, send me a screenshot of that, and I'll send you a Power Chord Hour T-shirt, absolutely free. We do have Power Chord Hour stickers; they just got in, so we have some new ones. If you did not get some from that first batch, hit me up powercordhour@gmail.com. I'll gladly send you some out, absolutely free. And uh, yeah, also hit me up there powercordhour@gmail.com. What are your favorite record stores? You know, and I would love to hear from you too. Um, You know, like if you're from these places, you know, where I'm talking like Culture Clash Records or Electric Fetus or, you know, if you remember Record Theater, it's only really been closed a year or two. So I would say most people from Buffalo remember Record Theater. Uh, The the one place might still even have the Record Theater sign on it. So probably or actually it said like Music Plus or something on it. I mean, I actually think it said Record Theater. Uh, which is probably another reason why it took me so long to go there because they didn't even say record theater on it. Like I didn't even realize the connection at first. 
But uh, yeah, you know, like hit me up. I'd love to talk record stores. What are your favorite ones? Not just the ones I mentioned on here, but what are your favorite record stores? You know, once all this shit's over, I love to travel. So like I want to go hit all the ones that I've never hit. They're always my go-to place and I go somewhere. If your city has good vegan food and a good record store, I love your city. Like it doesn't take much to make me happy. Like if I go in there and I, I find some good food and some good records, I'm a happy boy. And, uh, yeah, maybe a nice art museum. I like a good modern art museum, too. But, uh, yeah, that's why I love the Twin Cities. They got all that. But, yeah, so follow us at Power Chord Hour. Uh, check out the radio show every Friday night, 10 Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WRFA right here in Jamestown, New York. I broadcast from the same studio that I'm broad- or I'm podcasting. I broadcast and podcast in the same damn studio. But uh, here the radio show. You can also listen to it online, WRFALP.com. You can stream the station there and give us a listen as well as all the other great shows. That is going to be it. I'll be back next week. We'll actually have a throwback podcast for you here later on on uh, Thursday. So check out for that. Tim Rogner of the band Alistair. I interviewed him last year while living in Minneapolis. Did that from my uh, from my apartment, uh, which I was talking about, walking down from the electric fetus. I uh, interviewed him blocks away from the fetus. And uh, I'll play that on here. They, they were celebrating their 20th anniversary as a band, put out a Greatest Hits, and uh, talked about the band's legacy and the new album, or then new album, and all that good stuff. Alistair is a favorite of mine, one of the, one of my favorite drive through records bands, and uh, it was a great time talking to him. Got to have him on again sometime. But, uh, yeah, so that throwback episode will be up here very soon, probably one of the last ones for a while. So uh, throwback episode-wise, not, uh, not this podcast, just throwback episode. But uh, yeah, so for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.